Less pop, 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 pops. Less of that. What the f is going on down there? It's WTFTFW time. It's episode 495, and I'm joined by Seth Buzzard. Hi. Hello. How you doing? I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm okay. We're recording this on Sunday night, as we do. Yeah. Uh, Seth, you just, uh, you, you had what looked like, I mean, you gave me the tweet afterwards about the fries, but you just had what looked like a big-ass, like, plate of friggin' adult food. Yeah. Yeah, we went to um, a barbecue place here in town called Sauced. It, it it I mean it's a chain, but I don't know how expansive the chain is. Yeah. Like I don't know how many locations there are. There's at least two that I'm aware of existing. Uh but uh yeah, they're pretty darn good for a chain barbecue place. I got burnt ends and chicken wings with uh no sauce because um I discovered that that just like the the charcoaly barbecue smoky flavor that's in them from cooking mm-hmm. um tastes so good putting sauce on it wrecks it <laughs> yeah with chicken wings i way prefer if i'm having a sauce to be able to dip them if i want yeah. to have it because also usually when they put sauce on them and bring them to me they've dipped them entirely in the sauce and then it's like because i have this thing i don't like getting my hands dirty when i'm eating uh-huh. so like if i see chicken wings covered in sauce and i'm like well I I know how to eat that with a fork, and now I'm gonna because it's just I don't know it's it's a neurosis of mine. I just don't like it when my fingers get sticky while I'm eating food because I just start thinking about my sticky fingers. Yeah. Uh, yeah then me. the fries had like they were called honky tonk fries, uh-huh. and they had like barbecue sauce and sour cream and cheese and stuff on them, but like way too much. Yeah, when barbecue you said sauce that- and sour cream. When you, when you said that, I went and looked at the picture again, and I was like, oh, so it, that was all, that wasn't just, like, a layer on top. That was, like... No, it was, like, a yeah. soup, and it got really gross after a while. Like, yeah. the ones on top were delicious. <laughs> then the ones that had been soaking in the soup were uh, a, a bit much. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Because that reminds me of a lot of failed poutines, where it's just like, well, we have fries, and we have gunk, and we put them together, and it's like, no, but, like... Like the fries on the bottom are going to be dead unless you make the fries to de- like able to deal with the gunk. Yeah, yeah. If I ever have the hankering to order it again, I'll I'll ask like, can you go like fifty percent on that, or maybe a little <laughs> less, twenty five percent, or can you give me like another thing of sauceless fries to dip into what's left of these after yeah. about ten minutes? <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, it looked, it looked really good. I uh I made I made uh, burgers again this weekend and uh I'm starting to feel extremely confident about making burgers. Uh cuz I'm not measuring anything and it's working. So I got a feeling like I just got a knack. Yeah. And that's uh, cool. I'm, I'm liking it. Uh I just tried reheating one for dinner tonight and that's the thing I'm not very good at is reheating the burgers. I don't I don't mind them cold, but I had another bun left over so I thought, "Oh, I'll make a burger with a fried egg." And it it kind of worked. I sli- I think I slightly undercooked the egg because I don't really like runny eggs, and I thought I was doing it right, but then it was runnier than I expected. Uh, and then the burger was still cold in the middle. <laughs> so I was like, this didn't quite work. I will just nuke all this for 20 seconds, and then it was fine. Yeah. But I got to learn a, a non-microwave way to reheat thick patties. 
That's my that's my name downtown, Thick Patties. Well, the problem uh, is then you run the risk of overcooking the whole thing. That's the thing, right? Like, I I think that I mean, I'm sure if I just went low in the in the toaster oven for a much longer time, it would be fine. Because mm-hmm. I've done that before, but I'm like, what if I'm hungry now? I got to figure out an in a pinch way to do this. Uh, I'm wondering if maybe putting them on a pan and then covering them with like a metal bowl and like kind of halfway steaming them for like five minutes or something will do yeah, it. Throw a, throw an ice cube in there. Yeah. And steam the hell out of it. I'll give it a shot. Then then I'll be making White Castle burgers. Well, or try to make squeeze in burgers. What's a squeeze in burger? Oh man. They're so good. Um, that's a small, like, north, northern California chain. Um, started in Sacramento. Huh. But the way they cook their burgers is on a, on a flat iron. <clears throat> and they throw a... At one point, they'll, they'll throw the cheese on. Like, so they're cooking the patty. Then they throw the cheese on. And then they put the buns down to toast on the uh, the flat iron, but then yeah. they throw like a little scoop of crushed ice on to the the flat iron, and then throw a bowl over the whole thing, so Ooh. the cheese melts super fast, and the bun gets toasted yeah. on the the in the inside layer and steamed on the outside. And uh, I I have to have had I I believe this came up before this place because uh gog dog went there once i bet you we talked about it many years ago when yeah. we were all talking because i think there was a period some years ago when botcon was bouncing back and forth and it was going to all these places that also had like the famous regional burger joints we must have oh. gotten on that conversation yeah because i know gog dog was out here on business once and he landed in sacramento and was just like what should i do and i said if you're hungry go here and he goes, all right. And then he goes there without looking it up or anything. And then I I dropped a link to a picture. And uh, I just see a tweet from him like 45 <laughs> minutes later with a picture of the burger. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's a big splat of grilled cheese coming yeah, out of the sides. Awesome. Yeah, so they just throw this giant grip of shredded cheddar. Yeah. So it melts down off the edges and then turns the crust and sticks out the sides like an inch and a half all the way around <laughs> <laughs> yeah it looks like freaking uh looks like saturn <laughs> yeah it's all crispy and delicious nice well i gotta reel us in off talking about food uh it's on my mind both from my burger reheat attempt and seeing your photo uh but we got we got fresh bites of Transformers to talk about as well. First of which is uh, something accompanied by video. Uh, the Takara Tomy Star Wars Transformer, or, sorry, Star Wars powered by Transformers uh, TIE Advanced Darth Vader. They put up a video for it to show how it transforms. Probably because if uh, you're in Japan and not very worldly, you'd be like, why would I care about this? And if you're in North America or Europe, you'd be like, oh, God, not again. So <laughs> I feel like this video was them going like, no, listen, we actually know how to do this. Uh, and it was mostly just showing how it transformed. And uh, it looks like it has a very straightforward, competent transformation. Uh, it's got a cool trick with the solar wings kind of like folding in a bit to be straight up like Gundam shoulder boosters. 
the video also has this really weird editing thing where they will show things in motion and then show things in three photo crossfades and I don't understand why uh, I thought that I was having a buffering issue for the first time I saw that but uh, like I, I'm still not like throwing a pre-order down right away but this is definitely a figure where if the in-hand feel is also solid like it's it's a total convention maybe um, Seth, uh, what do you think of, uh, of this in motion look at Darth Vader? Well, the other thing about the video that got me was, was along with that faded stills was after a while listening to the music, I started thinking like, was this some like fan built thing? Is this like some unofficial thing? And I had to go back and look at the story again. <laughs> to double check that it was yeah, an official that, product that that was some we have a sound library kind of music that was playing yeah. <laughs> and it's like they're doing the star wars thing they couldn't have used the music or something well <laughs> that, that, that probably would have cost like an extra couple hundred bucks and they're like no listen we already got to sell this toy like yeah. <laughs> well you think that it, it would come with the license or something or whatever yeah um, yeah I'm a... <laughs> throwing a couple pieces of music for the deal um yeah like i think just it wasn't very many episodes ago weren't we talking about non-transformer transforming toys and how terrible star wars and marvel was and that's never gonna happen again oh yeah like i remember when like i know that at some point on one of the podcasts i've talked about this thing when we saw like a gray proto and like the whole thing was basically like well i mean i'm sure it'll be better but uh what an odd thing to be doing uh and I, I was just curious also like does japan know about the friggin' reputation this idea has in english-speaking countries what you mean star wars because it's ruined now no i mean star Didn't War, you I mean, get the memo star wars i mean star wars over. star wars transformers i mean star wars no, itself the franchise they, is dead the, the, the franchise everyone everyone keep up with easily it's uh, been destroyed i mean it's all it's ryan johnson's fault it's not been destroyed properly because when I saw all the posts of angry Star Wars collectors saying they're selling their whole collections, all the figures I wanted, they'd already sold by then. And I was Aww. like, well, this, this is stupid. I don't care anymore that you sold your collection. Uh, so I, wanted, <laughs> I, wanted to get, I wanted to get cheap Praetorian Guards, and the figure arts Praetorian Guards have been out for months, and then there are all these people going like, I'm, I hate, I'm selling all the Praetorian Guards! And then, like, in the same forums, you know, the, the less angry forum members would just be, like, sidling right in, going like, hey, so uh, if you are selling it, uh, PM me. And then clearly, like, something happened, because later in the thread, you see photos, we're like, I got my new Praetorian Guards! <laughs> and I'm like, why do I have, like, literally... Like, I have friends who didn't like the film, but none of them collect the toys. I don't have any toy collector friends who, like, would have preemptively bought fig arts for Star Wars who then hated it. So I'm, like, I'm stuck. I, man, <laughs> I'm stuck. Uh, but it's clearly not dead because they're making a transforming Darth Vader. Well, it's just because it was already in production and it's too late. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, it's sunk costs. They have you to, gotta- <laughs> Uh... I think that the, there, there were two things I really wanted them to show in this video that they didn't. The first one was like, show me the minifigures interacting with that TIE Advanced in any way. Like, at least put Darth Vader in the cockpit. Like, I just want I want proof that those things serve any purpose. And then well, B, there was, I was the like, picture that had the had the the window open. I know. And I was like, suggesting I was like, you it. could put Darth Vader in there. I was like, it's a video. Put him in. Like, <laughs> don't leave me hanging. I don't know what you need all the stormtroopers for. And I was also hoping that this would reveal, like, at least that there's hard points for them to, like, stand on top. 
Uh, not that you know that would really I love that accomplish part of the much. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> when all the stormtroopers were surfing on top of Darth Vader's spaceship. Yeah, so you could have extra guns. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I also was hoping that they would, unless I missed it, I guess, like that they would show like storage for the lightsaber in vehicle mode. Like I'm assuming it just clips in somewhere, but I thought maybe it would be more clever. Um, but yeah, like you know, the the legs are kind of thin, but otherwise, I thought the transformation looked pretty good. It looks a lot bigger than those old Star Wars toys. Yeah, it's Transformers. Yeah. Well, just in general, because those things were tiny, except for like the Millennium Falcon and Death Star, which were huge. Yeah, but like most of the ships, most of the vehicles were really small. Also, like uh, just just as far as like, because they were also. Um... I felt like they were some of the first figures that we saw as Transformers fans that were like really like just thinner made in a lot of spots. Um, and like aside from his legs, like this Darth Vader is bulk. Like, you know, the original Darth Vader Transformer, one of the like the wings came off basically. And then you stuck one on his back as a kind of faux cape. Um, so like this guy's shoulder span already, I think, is looking uh, bigger than the original. But yeah, like like everything about it looks like a more solid, like confident product. Um, you know, if the franchise wasn't dead, Seth, would you have any interest in this thing? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's. I think it's going to depend if there's like a U.S. release and and kind of what other. If I start hearing a good vibe of it, like mm-hmm. other people get it and start going like, "Oh, this is really great." Um, it's just those old ones were so lame. It's like it's kind of like kind of a little gun shy feeling. That's why I'm like, you know, I hope that a lot of Japanese fans like at best spectated those old ones because like it must be so nice to be able to look at this thing and like not have that in the back of your mind. Because like not only was were those often very weak figures, but like Star Wars Transformers went on for a very long time compared to how maybe one would have expected because it also sold really well just on, on name recognition alone. Uh and I, I think for this project, for Takara Tomy's version, like, the, all they've shown is this figure, and then they had this figure, like, standing next to a Millennium Falcon, but it was just a Millennium Falcon. Uh, I think they were, like, implying maybe that's the next one they would do. Um, also, I'm just seeing in the thread, apparently the old uh, Han Solo Chewbacca combiner Millennium Falcon uh, has really bad gold plastic syndrome in the Chewbacca part because he's made out of metallic brown plastic uh-huh. uh, and disintegrates. Um which is not like the actual Chewbacca. The actual Chewbacca does not disintegrate. Um, also, someone is 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 he talking up comics. the uh, oh no, no no. It wasn't in a novel, or did he? Because I thought it was in 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 a novel where oh. a friggin' moon lands oh, on him. Probably a comic adaption. Okay, it's probably both. Every time I see him in the new movies, all I think about is how, like, y'all aren't filming the part where he's screaming at a moon that's falling on him, which is, like, the silliest thing that I really want to see. Oh, maybe <laughs> heroic, that's the next movie. Heroic swell of, you know, John Williams music. <laughs> Chewbacca is just crushed by a moon. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll keep, I'm going to keep an eye on this thing when it comes out in March. Um, it is kind of pricey. It's, like, 50 American bucks. Uh, 52 American bucks, but uh, I, I want to know how it turns out. 
Um, we also know something else about Takara Tomy's upcoming product, um, or at least we're, we're pretty sure we know even more certainly now, because uh, Takara Tomy, through Amazon, released photos of uh, their Wave 2 and 3 Power of the Primes releases coming out in June and July over in Japan, uh, which is all the stuff that we're probably going to be seeing over here in the next few months. And all the photos are just our toys, and uh, they aren't the Hasbro photos. These all are new photos uh, that have not been seen before. Um, so it is looking more and more, uh, and I'm pretty sure it was already, it was already 99% certain that this is going to be like the movie five toy line in Japan where it's just our toys, but with an extra sticker on the box. Um, which certainly has led some folks to disappointment because it means that like you cannot look at a power of the primes toy now and think, well, I'll wait for the Japanese release. Cause it'll look different. It will literally be our release uh, and slightly mm. more expensive. Um, so I wanted to get that out there in case, because I think some folks still had had missed that tidbit. And I'd, I'd swear that there was some cited magazine interview or something with Takara Tomy where they had confirmed it themselves, but I can't find it anymore. Um, I'm not, like, terribly surprised by the notion. Uh, like, I wasn't, like, expecting it. It just doesn't, doesn't shock me a whole lot. Uh, this has been, you know, the case before with, with that last movie line. Uh, and at the end of the day, Takara Tomy is making toys for Japan and not us. Because uh, the comment did come out like, oh, they're going to lose all the, the sales with us. And it's like, do we actually know how many sales they were making through us? Because, like, it would take a lot more than just the inhabitants of a message board to warrant the creation of, <laughs> of entirely There's new figures. There's more than one message board. Come on. It would take more than the population of two or three major message boards. Uh so this, I think there's there's you know upsides downsides to this. Like I, I've said that I I feel like Power of the Primes as far as paint work on some figures is above and beyond what we got in the last two lines. Stuff like Beachcomber, uh, stuff like the Dinobots doing their their you know paint trick and having other paint apps as well. Um, the downside is that that means Japan is also getting the lousy stickers that we're already getting. Uh, and in some of the photos that were in a magazine, I think a month or two ago, uh, it looks like the stickers are just as crooked. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of a lot of up and down here. Another, another totally selfish plus means that, like, I can just buy a Power of the Primes toy now and not second guess going like, oh, maybe should I should I wait for the see what the Japanese one looks like? Like, it's you know, I know now. Uh, Seth, how are you feeling about this? Probably for real news. Uh, kind of the similar to what you just said. Now I don't have to worry about being like, oh, I bought the American one and the Japanese one looks better. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about that if it's just the same with a sticker on the box. And like we're we're coming out kind of way on top because also like these toys are already coming out. Like they're not going to start coming out in Japan until May. Ah, uh, eat it, and Japan. So, well, a lot of, a lot That's of Japanese fans revenge. A lot of Japanese fans have just already imported them, which means Takara Tomy is actually... Actually, this is probably going to hurt them the most over there, because, well, I guess it depends how many hardcores are over there, but, like, a lot of hardcore Transformers fans in Japan have already gotten this stuff from Hasbro Asia or, you know, connections in America. Well, it's revenge for all those years in the 80s and 90s when video games would come out in Japan first and then we just have to wait and see pictures and magazines and mm-hmm. go, boy, I want to play Tekken 2. I guess we got to wait six months. And some, now some who's waiting? Guy. Now who's waiting? Ha ha! Some, some poor guy at Takara Tomy is like, we don't even make video games. Why? What's he talking about? 
I tune into this American podcast for an uplifting moment. Now I'm being called out. <laughs> um, You're complicit. There's also some, uh, you know, some new official shots of uh, the Starscream and Grimlock combiners, and uh, they're they're not like really that excitingly shot. In fact, the Grimlock pose, the Volcanicus pose, is almost more awkward than some of the ones we've had with the American photography. Yeah, it uh, looks gangly and weird. It's weird because I have three-fifths of that toy, and I've made it look better myself. So I'm not sure what's going on. It's uh, I, I think seen... you only have limbs. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, and the Starscream, I mean, like they got, a, they, they got a decent pose because he's just standing there. Uh, and he's just decked out with the Wave 1 Deluxes as his limbs. So, you know... Uh, Hearts go out to uh, to Japanese collectors out there who are... This is the position they were stuck in back in 06 when we got classics and Japan didn't. Because uh, I remember I was in I was in Japan in 07 before Henkei and United... It was, it was Henkei first. Before Henkei came out, all the American 06 classics toys were, like, super expensive in Japan because they were basically import toys. And I remember thinking, like, oh, man, it's all backwards than, than how it usually has been where Japan gets all the exclusive toys. And I guess now we're kind of swinging back in that direction to a small degree. Yeah, it's about time. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Japanese fans are like, I wonder what they're saying about us. Oh, they're all they're all smug. Well, oh, screw them. Care. <laughs> screw them. They don't care. Uh, they're xenophobic. <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> there's there's hideously loud irony just banging on my door here. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I don't, I, I don't even have the door closed, but like it's still banging on the door. It's like dripping through the ceiling. It's, I think I stepped in some. Uh, I have more Takara Tomy news. What was it? Here oh. it is. Ah. We also have the announcement of the next masterpiece toy, uh, which is uh, not quite the reuse of Cheetor I was expecting. The parts I was expecting to be on the next Cheetor reuse are in there. Uh, you've got the mutant head and you've got the uh, the communicator armband uh, that, you know, the figure was like tooled for. Uh, and then the armband just wasn't, I guess, included with the uh, the original release. It's included here, not on the toy colors Cheetor I was expecting, but on friggin Shadow Panther, which an inordinate amount of American fans from back in the day probably know as the toy that was on Hasbro Toy Shop forever. Uh, it was a black and yellow repaint of Cheetor, and it was on old Hasbro Toy Shop for a very long time. Um, if I recall correctly, it was on there well after uh, Galvatron and Lyo Convoy had sold out. Um, so they're redoing uh, Masterpiece Cheetor in that color scheme. They're giving him the mutant head, which looks like it's just an alternate faceplate, uh, using the same faceplate face swap gimmick. And he's got the robot mode armband uh, and the beast mode armband. So if you want that armband... Better buy this entire toy. Uh, it's coming out in August for 8,000 yen. Uh, Seth, do you have any fond memories of Shadow Panther? No, I have no discernible memories at all. You don't remember uh, this guy from Hasbro Toy Shop? Remember, it was three toys, and this was the third one that no one wanted, really. Well, was it happening during Beast Machines? Um, or something. Or it was it was in the is, very early two thousands. Okay, is that that is when I started coming around? But oh, um, you might have like just missed it. Maybe. Yeah, it was the original Hasbro Toy Shop Transformers thing. 
they got stock of uh, of Lyo Convoy, of Beast Wars 2 Galvatron, and of this toy. And those first two sold through, if I recall correctly, not like super fast, but they sold through eventually. This toy was around four years. I saw this guy at a lot of my first bot cons just sitting there because it's not to say he's a bad figure. It's just that the number of people who were into him were far fewer than the number of this figure that were available. Well, I mean, then it probably was around. I may have missed the initial offering of it. Um, And then it's also possible that it's something that I had seen but wasn't interested in and never thought of again and just forgot that it existed. Oh, yeah, this this thing was I I very much I have tons of memories of this thing as a thing. I almost bought a whole lot just because it was an import. Uh, that was available and then like almost bought because i was like hey maybe i'll use this as beast wars ravage uh because you know he looks close enough oh yeah i think i remember people talking about using a black cheetor as a stand-in yeah because that that one ravage figure was so expensive and hard to get yeah this is like the go-to uh like replacement figure in a way uh, Shadow Panther, I believe, is supposed to be his own character. Um, in the uh, in the promo picture, they've got him in the sniper pose, going foo foo foo, which is like an ominous laugh. Uh, I'm uh, not like terribly interested in this. Like, it looks fine. It's just like it's it's eight thousand yen, and that's an easy eight thousand yen to not spend for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my fond memories are of almost but not buying the original figure, so I might just continue that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So Seth, it's I guess to, yeah, the yeah. nostalgia is to not buy it. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm going to fondly... The nostalgia is to constantly al- almost buy it because there's nothing else here. But then again, do I even really care about this? Uh, I'll just pass on it for now. Um, Seth, I'm guessing you have like zero uh, no, reaction I, to this. No, I passed on the regular Cheetor. I'm not going to get like who cares version. This one's got red eyes. Oh, that's cooler. Apparently, he laughs sinisterly. That's right. When he's when he's about to cap fools. Um. Yeah. Like this. This is definitely something that, like, you know, if it sticks around for a while, like, certainly if it ever goes on sale, I'd be sorely tempted, just because I I think the Cheetor masterpiece figure is pretty cool. Uh, and I, I would like the armband, but like, I bet you someone's gonna just make an armband once this mold is out in the wild. <laughs> so is he like the Duke Togo of uh, Beast Wars? Uh, I don't know, so I'm going to say yes, he is. All right. He's an assassin for hire, uh, get, gets lots of that sex. Um, I actually just very, no, it's Golgo 13. Yeah, Golgo 13. Yeah. I, I oh, started, yeah. I started yeah. to remember things from Crying Freeman, and I was going to start attributing them to Duke Togo, but that's wrong. That's, uh, that's the other mm-hmm. anime that was on VHS at the time. Uh, the, the the other main thing here that I want to briefly bring up is like it's kind of neat to see Shadow Panther having like an actual like sort of show accurate Cheetor face for his beast mode. Um, that's like a bit of character that that old toy never had because you know the old Beast Wars Cheetor Cheetah head was like basically a statue. Uh, so it's kind of neat to see like you know the evil red eyes deal uh, in a more animate form here. And uh, hopefully that mutant head, like, you know, that mutant head is not in the right colors, if I recall correctly, for Cheetor. So now that the mold exists, like, I'm still pretty sure they're going to do, like, a toy colors, uh, flatter-looking Cheetor uh, somehow, somewhere. 
But uh, if they don't, I'd, I'd just be very surprised because that mutant head is just sitting right there waiting to be, you know, done in yellow and blue or whatever. Um, moving on from there, I have us a listener question. That's what I got us. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll read this first one. This comes from Rek Gar. Uh, he says, hey, Evangelist, and whichever team happens to be answering this, I just picked up Power of the Prime's Rodimus. Prior to the release, I was not at all digging the figure, and the more pictures that came out closer to release were not helping the matter. Yet last week, I was at Target and asked the kid working for the DCPI of the leaders. Uh, he went to get it and came back with Rodimus. He was a nice kid and was proud he helped me found the figure. So despite it not being Optimus, I got it uh, as it didn't look that bad. Upon getting home, uh, I ended up playing with him for quite a while and actually really liked the figure. This begs the question, what are some figures you guys have picked up that you thought would be awful to mediocre at best, yet ended up really liking? Uh, also, yes, I did fill out the target survey on the kid who helped me, and I urge everyone to do the same. For someone to be in that job, yet so proud of the work they do, they deserve the accolades. Thanks, gents, and click. Uh, yeah, you know, if someone, had, uh, I'd echo that. If someone at Target or anywhere, like, gives you a lot of help and there's a survey you can fill out, like, friggin' fill it out. You know, it might, it might be the straw to, to tip the camel over that gets them a raise or something, or whatever it is that they give out now. Like, meal, meal cards, or, I don't know what you guys do over there. <laughs> um, Seth, uh, so I know this has happened to me more than once, but have you ever had this happen where you, you picked up a figure and you're just like, oh man, oh, I'm buying it. Oh, I bought it, and it turned out kind of cool. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some Transformer examples. I know there's been plenty where it's like I, it was something in a wave, and I like got the whole wave, but it was the thing that I was least interested in, and was like, oh wow, this is actually fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that's happened multiple times, but I just can't think of it. I'm, of, I'm also uh, trying to like remember actual specific ones. Because I, I, it's a feeling that is, like, reading that description, I was like, yeah, that's that's exact. I've been there. I've been there. But, like, then they became figures I liked, so I forgot about the part where I didn't like them going in. <laughs> yeah. Well, not to give away too much for the what we got this week, but Ooh. the uh, Figma Tracer, like, from Overwatch, the, like, all the official images leading up to it coming out, I was like, uh, am I just getting it because it's Tracer or do I actually want it? And because some of the things in the pictures don't look that impressive. And then I think it's way better in person. Oh, nice. So, Oh, you know what? I felt that way about a couple masterpiece toys. Like when we were getting into the, the, the cars era, like Sideswipe uh, and Wheeljack and Prowl, uh, all three of those I felt in photos looked like I, I remember you can hear the probably in the podcast i've said this i remember now those three every time initial photos would be like huh that's neat then more photos huh this, hmm. even more robot photos oh man this robot mode looks clunky and then i get it and i'm like oh no they just took bad photos uh but i have way better examples of this i'm trying to remember them now um seth if you're having trouble remembering any transformers ones have you got any just like general toy ones well, not to give anything away from what we got this week, oh. but Overwatch Tracer from France. <laughs> <laughs> like aside from that, else? <laughs> um, I mean that that's like that's current, so it, it came to mind quickly. Um, yeah, I'm just sometimes I can be terrible at drumming up mem- like such specific memories from the past. I just oh. I know there have been. I remembered a couple. Um, these are these are from a long time ago, 
But like, there were some figures I just bought because I was just like, they're Transformers and I want them, uh, and that you know, and they're cheap right now. Uh, a lot of Beast Era basics, like a lot of Transmetal Two and Fusor basics, uh, a lot of the First Wave Beast Machines basics, um, did not have. Like, I was just getting them because at the time I was like, like you know, teenager, and I was just like, I want Transformers, and then a lot of them I'd look at, it, go like, oh geez, and then uh, they end up being kind of fun. Um, more recently, like, there have been a couple Star Wars Transformers, uh, Yoda and Commander Cody, both I ended up actually kind of digging. Um, in fact, they're usually the two that I say were good in the line, now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> uh, and I think there have been some Rid Warrior toys as well. Uh, when that line started, I was real trepidatious, especially when, like, one of the first ones I messed with was Steeljaw, and then, like... It's actually been kind of a long chain of that afterwards in, in RID, uh, where a lot of the Warrior Decepticon toys uh, would just really surprise me. In fact, yeah, that, that's a story of a majority of the RID Warrior Decepticons. Um, like, uh, oh, uh, Thunderhoof, I think I was expecting stuff. Uh, Quillfire, though, I did not think that toy would be so expressive. Um, and uh, so that's that's some really old stuff. That's some somewhat new stuff. There have been some in the past as well in the middle, but I man, because now they're just all toys that I've ended up. I, I, I like I said, I've lost the part where I remember how I felt going in. I'm sure there have been a few alternators where I felt that way. Um, a couple Energon toys as well. I know for sure. But yeah, I man is I, I all I can say I guess is like yes, definitely. Uh, Probably if I talk more about a specific figure, if it's brought up to me, then I'd, I'd start making the memory connections better. Yeah. Seth, I'm also, I, I know that we've had that conversation on the podcast over, over the past few years, but I'm, I'm trying to remember some and I, I'm not able to anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's where I'm at. Like, I know what's happened. Yeah. I just don't recall. God, there was even one that I think was in the last two years because I thought you were going to hate it as well when you said you got it and then you ended up liking it and i don't remember anymore i know there are folks who are way better at remembering that stuff about this podcast so if any of you do remember like drop it in the thread or drop Didn't your own in the masterpiece thread, ironhide did you yeah that i think that was one because i mean certainly no you know what masterpiece ironhide definitely was one because i think he was a real like you know, you look at the at the initial photos for months, just going like, "Oh God, what's going on with this guy?" Yeah, well, it was after tracks, and tracks was kind of a letdown. Yeah, yeah. So going into Ironhide had a lot of that feeling of, "Uh oh, these are over." Mm-hmm. But then liking Ironhide a lot more, and then thinking some of the more recent ones have been even better than that. Masterpiece Rodimus actually was like the newer one, the little one was that for me because those photos were just so terrible of that figure. Uh, the promo shots were just god awful, and it's not a perfect masterpiece by any means. But the, like once I got him in hand, and I was like, "Hey, this is fun to transform." And he, if you pose him, you know, a good fifty percent of the poses I'm putting him in, he doesn't look like he has a massive hunchback. Uh, so that's probably one. Titans Return Optimus Prime, I think, was another one, because I, I didn't pick up the figure until well after a lot of people had already talked about thinking it was mediocre. Um, I think that's really the pattern for me, is especially if I get a figure, and I'll, I've just heard a lot of people say it's not very good, and then I end up getting it, and I, you, know, you set my bar low enough, and the figure is competent enough, that creates the situation, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think third party as well. 
have been a couple that are, uh, you know, SXS Blur was one I picked up on a whim because he was cheap at repro labels, and not many people talk about that figure. Um, I think he's called Overclocking, and I, I, I really liked him. So yeah, uh, that definitely is a thing, Retgar. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stop trying to remember stuff because then I'll just start, I'm going to start damaging my actual normal memories. Uh, all this forgetfulness will just leak into the, into the present, the present Gross. RAM, and then, and then all my, all my memories will be sticky. Um, Seth, let's get, data. let's get a little bit uncorrupted, a little bit unsticky. Uh, how about you read this next question from Junior Golden 42? Oh boy. Do you ever buy things solely to use them in pictures with toys? If so, what's the dumbest thing you've used? Or one you're most proud of, I guess. For example, the other day I bought a singular singular lemon to use as a buster effect with a four-inch Mega Man I had just found. See attached. I do not have that photo anymore. I I have... I have lost that attached. Oh, you know what? This came in through Twitter, and I'm not sure if it if my Twitter actually brought the image in. Um, so yeah, I never actually saw that photo. I'm sorry, Gr Golden Forty Two. <laughs> um, but I, I've definitely bought some things just for uh, you know an accessory. Uh, I don't know if I've bought like physical objects like a lemon. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever done anything that like that, like a perishable product. Um, I've bought whole cases of blind box Japanese stuff because it was small computers and lipstick and (laughs) cocktail glasses. And uh, I have gone to dollhouse stores and just Mm -hmm. bought little dollhouse size stuff because it matches up pretty well with six, six inch figures. Yeah, I read this question and I immediately thought of your uh, your prop bin uh, that yes. I always imagine, which I've added to and didn't have time to use today. Oh no! Is knowing uh, a new Black Panther figure was right around the corner, we were in a hobby shop and they had little dollhouse size stuff, and there was a couple crowns and royal scepters. Ooh. I went ah. Oh, Black Panther's the king of a country. I'll get this little crown to put on his head. And a little scepter. He could be the king. Yeah. I hope it fits. Or have you already test fitted it? No, I haven't taken him out of the little blister pack yet. Mm. I meant to do it today, but just ran out of time. Yeah. I've uh, I've bought a couple things just as things I thought I would use as accessories, and I, in most cases I still haven't, actually. Uh, there was an SH Fig Arts Iron Man who came with a couch, and I wanted the couch. I've never actually used the couch in a photo or a video or anything. I just have this dumb little six-inch scale couch uh, that I bought an expensive Fig Arts toy for. And uh, actually, I think, Seth, you were the one who got it originally. Um, at Ikea, they had that little, like, dollhouse bundle of, like, furniture. Yeah. I have one of those, and I've never opened it, but I do have one of those. I uh, have one of those, too. Yeah, I don't remember where I put it anymore. Mine's but in I, the garage. I do have one of those. Oh, jeez. Is it all, like, set up and laid out in the garage? No, it's in the box. It's like the garage furniture? No, don't be silly. Doll size? Um... I almost—I was gonna say I've also bought like Tamashii effects and stuff, but I mean like that's literally why those exist. 
So I'm not sure if that necessarily counts. But yeah, I, I don't think I've ever bought, like, a non-toyetic item to use as an accessory with toys. I feel like I did once a long time ago, but I don't really recall anymore. Uh, there, there was the time that I bought a mango and then cut it up and I filmed it and put it on YouTube, but I don't know if that counts. <laughs> as I long put as up you the video put a the, toy on it. I put a, there, there was a toy in the background and I implied that it was going to be a toy review. The thumbnail was the old 80s Unicron prototype, and I had a, I remember I had at least one angry comment shortly after I put it up where someone said, I thought you were going to review Unicron. Uh, so I felt like that means I got him. Yeah, now I have used some stuff, like weird stuff, to take pictures of toys with, but I don't think it's anything that I bought specifically for that purpose. Hmm. I think once I had some figures hang out over a bowl of instant noodles because it was relevant to the characters. <laughs> yeah, because like I didn't buy a refrigerator to take pictures of toys in a refrigerator to make fun I'll, of somebody. That'd be baller, though. <laughs> <laughs> I bought this fridge. <laughs> Why? To burn somebody. <laughs> and discovered that a refrigerator is actually a decent light box. <laughs> And it's useful for food too. Yeah, keeps keeps it cold. Um, but yeah. Like, also, I'd love to open this up to to the listeners. If anyone out there has any weird stories, uh, I know I've definitely seen a thing going around where somebody panko breaded and fried a Gundam. Uh, that's been making the rounds on social media. Um, so I guess you know, buying panko in order to bread a model kit that would be that would be something. Um. But yeah, thank you for the question, uh, JR Golden Forty Two. Um, that brings us into uh, the legendary "What We Got This Week" section. Mm-hmm. Um, Seth, did you get any Transformers this past couple weeks? I got five. Oh, geez, here we but, go. But I've only opened one. Uh, that's all right. That's, that's because the rest of them I got just before coming home. So uh. I just got home with them. They're power of the prime things. Oh man, so you're getting so those caught are up. starting to appear. I'm not caught up. He's not. I didn't find everything. Getting fully caught up. Bought the entire wave one. No, silly. <laughs> Seth told me he bought the whole of wave one. He can hear it on this podcast. Silly. Um, no, I found Wind Charger, Liege Maximo, Vector Prime, and Swoop. Ooh. But I haven't opened them yet. So there's that. What I did open was Masterpiece Sunstreaker. Rubbing my hands and, together. And Chip Chase. So is your Chip Chase, as, I'm just curious, after all that talk last time we were on here, is your Chip Chase staying in his wheelchair okay? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't take much to knock him out, but it's not like yeah. he's just sliding out on his own. Yeah. I still wish there had been a tab, but yeah. Like yeah. he's, it's mostly when I pick him up. For whatever reason, when I pick up the wheelchair with him in it, obviously it gets jostled. Um, so I have to like put a finger down on Chip to keep him in there. Yeah, keep him under your thumb. That's right. Um, but Seth, like obviously you've got an official Chip Chase figure. That's got to be exciting. Yeah, it's the most exciting. Um, yeah. Uh, what What's the name of the guy that came with tracks? Raul. Raul. Yeah, I'm not sure where my Raul is. Hmm. But Chip seems bigger. 
from what I remember uh, from Raul. So I think Raul was definitely like slightly smaller than because I'm I, I got them all right here. I'm gonna go grab Chip and see if he's the same scale as like the Spike that came with MP10. All right. Let's um, see. Get Spike in a sitting position. They are the same scale. So yeah, I think Raul was okay. slightly smaller scale. Yeah, maybe. Um, no, that's Raul's problem. Maybe he's just a little dude. Eh. Maybe he didn't get a lot of protein as a child. Didn't drink his milk. Um, but yeah, Sunstreaker is pretty good. Um, like some of your warnings about like the instructions being horrible. Mm -hmm. I just, I didn't even bother taking the instructions out of its little bag. I just went straight to Pia's YouTube channel and yeah. played sing along with Pia and transformed it based on his video. <laughs> Like at some point, take a look at the instructions. Like maybe I'm off base. It's just that I, they are so small. Some of those pictures. Well, he he comments about it too, in that yeah. video. Talks about the, the instructions being, bad, and there was a couple points where, like as I'm following along, I'm thinking, oh, I bet this is one of the things that makes no sense out of the instructions. Uh, like this is such a small thing that I bet it's impossible to to interpret those those little tiny silver flaps you have to fold up on the back of the car to get the whole you know flip the back of the car over uh -huh. those little things it's that whole part is is indecipherable in the instructions in my opinion it's just way too small it's the same shot of the car every time except that it's just like here there's, there's two little things in the back that are dark gray now and then they show you a close-up from a new angle that's unfamiliar and I'm just like and they don't have a before after on the close-up and I'm just like what like what are you trying to tell me here <laughs> and also that you know the flip over right on the back yeah it's it's kind of stiff the first time if you don't know you're supposed to do that you know it's like I don't know if it's going to break it <laughs> oh there was a lot of parts that were really stiff yeah like how there's the the optional tail lights depending on what configuration of car you want it to be in. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I had a hell of a time flipping one of those out the first time. I did too. Like one of them popped with a little stick and the other one, I was just like digging into it with my fingernails, trying to get enough leverage to pop that damn thing loose. Yeah. It was crazy. But he does a lot of neat tricks with like, like we knew, like we, we had deciphered that the, the air intakes on his back and the air takes on the car were not the same things like from early pictures. We had mm -hmm. figured that out and we had figured out that, um, the hood and windshield of the car are not what's on his chest. That, that yeah. was even more obvious from the pictures. Um, but like where those things come out of and where they hide away to, um, was all cool. Um, yeah like that and i don't know why but just like so the state the step of the transformation where you fold his arms down like mm -hmm. his arms and shoulders down i just really enjoyed that part i was like oh because it like you there were so many steps leading up to that of s very small moves yeah and then here's like one big move that does a lot oh and that move after all those small moves, I was like, you're kidding me. It's just rotating. Like, it's going to bump into all kinds of stuff when I do this. Yeah. And it's just like, nope. Yeah. It's done. And I was like, holy crap. This yeah. is like, that's what I would call genius geometry. 
Basically. I enjoyed it so much, I flipped them back up and did it again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ooh, that felt good. I want to do that again. It's, it's just in such close proximity to both the backpack and the chest when they're in their biggest states of flux. I was just like, how is this not bumping into something on the way down? I like the little pop-up headlights. That was Those That's a sweet. cool little little thing that it does um yeah he's good he's a good one how are you liking the uh the robot mode articulation um i haven't tried posing him too much um like i got him transformed and then kind of got him standing upright and pass him over to the girlfriend so she could look at it and then she put mm-hmm. it in her obligatory oh no pose that she likes to do like shrugging held head tilted pose that she tries to put every toy into. I mean, like this guy that's, can do it. that's her Iron Man punch landing. <laughs> um yeah, he did it he did it pretty well. Um uh, yeah, so like I I just got it transformed this morning and got it standing and then we were out for the rest of the day. Um but I wanted to make sure I at least got it transformed the once before uh we recorded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're. Uh, I think you'll have fun posing him. He's uh, like he he has got a lot of joints that are just for the robot mode. Uh huh. Like he's even got like so his wrists swivel, but he's got a wrist hinge as well, so they can bend inwards and outwards a little bit. Uh, and it's it's huge. Uh, just for giving him like a bit more natural curvature. Yeah. Um, he's got a little ab joint that's easy to miss. Doesn't go very far, but like beautiful figure. Like yeah. <laughs> probably one of the most impressive transformers i've seen in in like the last year easily Uh, yeah like the the beginning of this version of masterpiece started off real great with the cars then they like switched the designers and we all got worried and then tracks was not great mm -hmm. and then ironhide was okay and now i think this and then like you know hoist and uh or hook and um um inferno Inferno, okay yeah yeah and then this one feels like okay we're back to doing awesome stuff like like the way that sunstreaker was done like he's way different than those older cars in a lot of ways but like the ways that he's different has led to such like frigging genius engineering and such a lovely articulation setup i'm like no i want to see this done for jazz i want to see this done for sideswipe and I want to see this done for all the, you know, the guys still not not uh, done before yet. Like the a lot of the bulkier guys as well, uh, who I think would benefit more from this than the older approach. Like Trailbreaker. Yeah, Trailbreaker Hoist, uh, Skids. Um, Mudflap. Man, like a, 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 <laughs> Yeah, Skids and Mudflap, the iconic <laughs> G1 duo. Uh, like the, the only one I really like the only ones I want to see redone at all with with these stylings is sideswipe and optimus prime and it's only it really only because they have direct counterparts in this uh in this new style um the rest like like prowl the datsuns uh just they hit it and they still hit it like they they look great next to these guys um wheeljack is fine you know like he's he's a little bit janky but like not terribly it's just sideswipe and optimus are way more diaclone-esque than the rest of these Mm. Uh, and, and I, I, and the way that the body ends up too on Sunstreaker, like imagine this on a jazz, like that would be just such a natural, good looking jazz. Uh, I, I, I hope that they're able to actually do jazz. 
Yeah, with uh in that Piaw video he had um Sunstreaker in the uh the not chrome air intake configuration um and then brought out um sideswipe mm-hmm. in car mode and how different they transform and how different the robots turn out looking nearly identical at least at a glance i'm sure if you study them more there's they're more different but though those car modes are so the same looking but yeah. turn out so different it's it's pretty cool it, it is like also what five and a half six years of, of development learning between the two like on on sideswipe they had, i remember they'd gotten that input of like you cannot break up the hood on this at all because you know we the car company don't want you to and on Sunstreaker, it's like they didn't break up the hood visually, but the hood certainly breaks into three parts when he transforms. You just don't really see it. Uh, and I think there's a lot of really clever, cool stuff they could do on a sideswipe now that would be just so fresh uh, and, and, you know, and still fitting in with all this stuff. Um, hey, you know what we haven't talked about at all? What about that alien mask accessory, huh? How exciting. Oh, yeah. So I, I hand... <laughs> sunstreaker over to the girlfriend she does her little pose thing and goes he's cool and hands it back and then like i kind of turn away (laughs) pop it on and then hand it back she goes what the hell is that (laughs) you're like you think he's cool now (laughs) just hold on a second she goes what the hell is that supposed to be (laughs) i'm like oh there's an episode and they bothered put masks on and they were in a movie and she goes that's weird okay yeah G1 got like, weird. <laughs> you know what? Every time someone tells you G1's the coolest, uh, most mature of the Transformers cartoons, you know, just remember this alien mask. Remember this face. Um, I'm glad that you got him. Uh, the Sunstreaker is one of those masterpiece toys where it's like, no, like unequivocally, everyone should get the chance to get a hold of this thing and at least mess with it once. Uh, it's got so much going on that's so relevant to, to everything that a lot of fans are here for. Yeah, and there was a couple times where I was certain that they weren't going to do a Masterpiece Sunstreaker. Me too. Yeah. And almost went in on one or two of the different uh, third-party ones. And now I'm kind of glad I didn't. Because like, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at some of the... Like, I'm looking at some comparison pictures with, like, the different ones together. And I, I just I just like the look of it better. The, the so, like Sunstreaker existing in Masterpiece in the 21st century already like th- those are all things that like you know the the nature of that old G1 car mode the nature of working with Lamborghini even the stories that would come out about you know what Lamborghini was like to work with on the Sideswipe Masterpiece toy it's like yeah this will never happen uh you know and and also the fact that Sunstreaker is like kind of the original Transformer uh, as far as toy designs. Um, like he was the first Diaclone car robot. Uh, like this, this figure, this design means so much. Uh, it, it's it's wonderful that it exists now in this like updated form. Uh, and to have the frigging dual car modes on top of it, like, I mean that that's part of what makes Sideswipe just look so old next to this toy. <laughs> it's like, hey, Sideswipe, turn into that car. It's like, oh, cool. Well, Sunstreaker does as well. He also turns into this car by turning his entire back third inside out uh but but sideswipe i see that you come with a gun that's still very impressive <laughs> sunstreaker comes with two one yeah, of them I is can, hidden in the, yeah. in the back in can, leg. can also hide inside his leg yes and 
Um, oh, and, oh, look at this. Sunstreaker's car mode also has working opening doors and an opening hood that, that's convincing. Uh, yeah, Sunstreaker's yeah, the great. Headlights pop up. The headlights pop up as well. Like I see that the you have headlights there, sideswipe. No, those are just uh, sculpted. They're just lines. They sculpted in my hood. Oh, well, you know, sideswipe. It's important that you're here and you're trying. That's uh, that already says so much. <laughs> I don't even dislike that sideswipe toy. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's a good figure. <laughs> uh, I think if there was just a more cartoonish head, it would be fine. Yeah, um, like that MP12 Plus, the colors are great. It's just that he needs a new head. He he needs a new head. He primarily needs a new face, but he needs a new head to go with that face. Uh, And then, like, if it was possible to re-engineer his hood chest to collapse in slightly to just make him look a little slimmer, uh, that's all that would be needed, I think, to put him in line, at least with Wheeljack, if not the Datsuns. Um, And there's there's been rumblings. Because uh, there's a custom someone did where they designed a new hood chest form that does collapse together. Uh, there's rumblings that that might get turned into a kit. Um, I think if it does, whoever you know, whoever might be producing that kit should really find someone to do a new head as well if they want to make that a complete package. Because I think that that would... Uh, it's not even the right word. That would, This is not the right verb, but with a lack of better one, that would fix the figure. Um it would bring him, bring him, you know, to the modern era. I think the more modern era. Uh, yeah, Seth. I'm also just, I'm always looking for excuses to talk about Sunstreaker, so I gotta, I gotta hold off. I think I'm, <laughs> I'm just dragging this out. Uh, but I'm glad you got him, and I'm glad that you're digging him. Because if you didn't dig him, oh, we'd have such a fight. <laughs> um, do you think you? Do you think you'd have any interest if they did a red one with a more toyetic head and like maybe like swap out missiles for his hands? Uh nah. Hmm. I'm I'm usually satisfied with just the regular color versions. I don't need uh repaints a lot of the time. Mm. I mean there have been some that I was cool with, but uh yeah, if it's just red sunstreaker. And they found some like obscure name to tag on it or something. I, I don't know if I'd be very excited about it. I, I would be bummed out if it was just Red Sunstreaker, like period. Um, my hope is because I feel like they've got to do that because like the red version was the original original. Uh, yeah, because it, they've it, they've done that where they did like the Diaclone version with a more Diaclonish head. Yeah, and so if 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 they could like, I think the chief thing I saw, thanks to it was a couple people, but Jidey is one of the ones who comes to mind. Like if they redid the head to be just pointier, the way that the Diaclone toy was, uh, I think it would just be such a cool package. And, and it's given a name like in honor of the designer or something. Um, and I think it would also just be a great full circle on like the Diaclone car robots in general. Like that's it's like that's the thing that needs to happen now that the Sunstreaker exists. Uh, it just helps that the Sunstreaker is also like a friggin' good figure as well. Um, well moving on from there, uh, Seth, you got those four other things, and you got to open them up still. Yeah. Um, I got oh, yeah. a Sunstreaker myself. Let me go yeah. find you a picture. Again. Uh, this is a third-party Sunstreaker. Uh-oh. Uh oh. It's not one of the ones you were looking at in those comparisons because there are only two of those, and neither of them were made by this company. Uh oh. Um, 
I'm hoping that in this, the top of this thread are a whole bunch of pictures. And there are. So I will send you the thread link. Uh, I got Iron Factory's uh, Lambros. That's what everyone calls them. That's that's not actually what Iron Factory called them. They called them the Racing Bros, because I guess Lambros might have been pushing it, but they're the friggin' Lambros. Uh, it's a two-pack of Blaze Dash and Bolt Runner, uh, Sideswipe and Sunstreaker. They're Legend Scale. They're Iron Factory figures. Um, and they, they are wonderful. Uh, they're, they're both complete. There's nothing retooled between them. They're, they are two completely different figures as far as I can tell. Uh, transformations are completely different. If there is any retooling, it's on like the, the friggin' subatomic level. Um, I'm going to, I'm just going to look at them both because I got them in robot mode. So I'll just see if like I'm missing something. The crotches are different. The legs are different. Like, oh yeah, that was the first thing you checked. Oh, you know what? Their forearms might be the same. Nope, no, they're different. The forearms are similar, but they're different. All right, whatever. Anyway, uh, they they are great, and I was worried about them a little bit because with Iron Factory stuff, sometimes Iron like, Iron Factory designs in robot mode often look kind of crowded because they're a little bit chunky, and sometimes that crowdedness leads to them feeling crowded. Like uh, Iron Factory's Brawl and Swindle look crowded, and then when you're transforming them and posing them, they also feel crowded. Like stuff kind of just slightly bumps together in a way that's kind of irritating. These guys look to me like they might be crowded, and they uh, they are not. They are a joy to play with. They're a joy to transform. Um, the the car modes look like the most fun little matchbox cars uh, from the future. Uh, the the robot modes are very posable. the The only problem with the robot modes is like if basically it's with sideswipe. If you actually put the missile on his shoulder, then his shoulder articulation gets really limited because his shoulder pauldrons smack into the missile. So you just take it off. Um, but they're they're really fun to pose and they're so fun to transform. I'm like if if I had gotten these before I made my third party staff picks list, these would have been on that list easily. Um, and if I were making my my staff pick the best figure, they would have contended. I don't think they would have made it, but they would have contended uh, as a, as a standalone release. Um, I'm I'm super happy with them. Um, they look great. They're really fun to play with. If they if these are what uh, Iron Factory's jazz is going to be like, then I'm friggin' ready for it. That sounds great. Um, I'm very happy with them. Highly recommend these uh, if you like just small car transformers. Um, so it has alternate are, heads? Uh, Sunstreaker has an alternate head uh, for when he was a headmaster in the in the IDW comics. Uh, this, this was back in like 06, but uh -huh. uh, his... The, the machination group of evil humans got a hold of him and uh, turned him into a headmaster where part of his transformation of his head involved his mouth like splitting open. And then they like mass produced Sunstreaker bodies so they could all be headmasters. Uh, and then they all got killed. But uh, yeah, it's an IDW inspired alternate head. And a lot of people who got this figure have no idea what that head is. And it's really funny listening to people doing video <laughs> reviews, getting to the point of that head and going like, yeah, so here's an alternate head where he's, uh, you know, I think he's smiling, <laughs> but sure is an ugly smile. Like, I don't understand what they were going for with this head sculpt. And I love it because I'm like, that's right, because you didn't read the EJ Sue era of IDW. <laughs> um, the bummer is like, I, I don't think it's easy to get his head off. Like, I think you have to unscrew his head to get the head swap to happen. And I hate doing that. Yeah. So um, I'm probably never going to do it. But uh Sideswipe, Sideswipe doesn't have an alternate head. He's just got a jetpack, and and uh, they both have uh, silver like toy hand swap accessories you can plug in just onto their hands. Uh, and they can both use the jetpack, which is kind of cool. Uh, it's got a flip out peg for Sunstreaker to use it. 
Um, yeah, I'm really happy with them. Like, if, if anyone out there is thinking about picking them up, like, I'd say, you know, if, if you can get them for a good price, like, go for it. Like, they're super fun. Uh, better than the old Datsun 3-pack, which used to be one of the high marks for me. And it still is, but the, these are cleaner uh, to mess with and a lot simpler to transform. Now, looking at the thread, this this person says they're going to buy 20. I wonder I if want, they did. What's the date on the post? September 20th, oh, 2016. Ooh, there's three 20s in that. 2016? Yeah. Oh, no, no. that's when they joined. Okay. Okay, July 15th, okay. 2017. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't think these were in the pipeline that long. No, that was their joint date. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, no. July 15th, 2017. Yeah. No, these, these were, uh, I remember now, we found out about these because, like, color prototypes of these just showed up at TFCon Toronto last year. Yeah, uh, it hasn't been 2018 for long enough to think that, for me to think that 2016 was more than a year ago. Yeah, and I feel you. <laughs> I saw a post, what was it? I saw something, it was like a news announcement about a video game thing, or a movie thing, and it was dated December 2016, and I was like, what? Last month? And I didn't hear about it? And I had like a full five minutes of being really confused, and then I realized what happened. Um, anyway, that's that's my main on topic, what I got this week. Um, I can't think of anything else that I haven't already probably talked about. So, uh, Seth, let's get off topic. Oh yeah, we never do that. Uh, did you get any off-topic stuff? I got. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about this. Mm-hmm. I got Figma over, tra- Tracer from Overwatch. You hey, do you even know what Overwatch is? It's a comic book that comes out sometimes on the internet. Uh, you're and right. There's my... there's short cartoon shorts, web comic franchise yeah. Overwatch, the CGI computer movies yeah, i don't know how that overwatch writer pays for those long. yeah yeah it's a it's a C, it's a comic online it's cg shorts and it's like this weird just straight up dislike of healers um almost almost like like sadistic dislike of healers and and, and nurses and medics it's it's odd i saw a spicy overwatch meme just yesterday of a genji <laughs> with a with a full health bar or the like the 200 out of 200 health mm-hmm. and he's all looking cool and then the next picture is 199 out of 200 health and it's a picture of a guy in a full body cast and the, the caption i need healing oh dear <laughs> i was about to say you could you could have just left that as i saw a spicy overwatch meme and it'd be pretty funny to like just not explain it like i i saw the one spicy meme that somebody made about this game um seth i've I've been hearing that that tracer figma figure is pretty cool yeah i i like it better in hand than i did from the pictures um Mm -hmm. her orange goggles look real good over her eyes um the the color graniation on her uh pants going from a light orange at the top to a dark orange down to her by her ankles is real good oh nice um to kind of simulate the the holographic effect of of her uh um oh, what's it called um chrono accelerator on her chest and back mm-hmm. there there's like a clear 
blue plastic pieces that are like lifted up away from on tiny little pegs that are hard to see. Yeah. Uh, just good figure. She comes with a couple faces, uh, the full set of hands, like Figma hands, um, stand. The only thing I wish was included that wasn't would have been an effects piece that you could like clip on her back of like a zigzaggy blue streak, like clear blue oh, plastic. Yeah. Um, that would have been like just the cake topper kind of kind of deal. Like I'm not sure if that's Figma's bag, like getting those kind of effect parts like that, like special effect parts done yeah. so well. Like I like I don't think there's anything wrong with Figma, and I don't know why I thought this, but my biggest worry was the gradient paint job on her on her pants. I was worried that that would end up not looking very no, good in production. Nice. But it sounds like it's yeah. I, uh, I I was wondering for a good month. I was like, didn't I pre-order this? And then I kept forgetting and remembering, like, oh wait, no, there's a there's a Good Smile store in Toronto, and I wanted to go see the figure in person first, mm-hmm. and then make it an in-person buy. Yeah, it's pretty good, and uh, so I'm looking forward to the Genji. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it seems like they're only going to do characters that I'm not good with. <laughs> yeah, like man, <laughs> I'm not a good Genji or a good Tracer player. I uh, I've had my times with with Genji. I can't play Tracer. I don't I don't know why. I simply I, I think it's because of the she's she's like Zarya for me where I don't feel like I'm connecting with my shots enough to think that I have the reticle in the right place. Uh like there's not enough katunk feedback. And then also I somehow confuse myself all the time with Tracer's ability even though it's not all that confusing. I I constantly I'm like am I supposed to zip yet? Am I supposed to zip? Am I supposed to rewind and I'm just dead. Uh, I overthink it completely. I don't understand how everyone's like, oh, Tracer's so easy to play. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you a robot? Like, I don't... I don't know. I hope that they can do some more... I don't know. I'm sure they'll do more Figmas, but yeah, I really hope they can do a character that I'm more into. <laughs> Like, nothing wrong with those other ones. They're cool to be teammates with. Like, man, a good Tracer, a good Genji on your team. That's fun. Uh, well, the character that I've kind of connected with the most or feel that I'm like the most competent with is a junk rat. And yeah. that's probably one of the last ones they would do. It's so like, it's so weird. The more I played overwatch, the more I realized that like the junk rat and roadhog fans are super passionate. And like, when you look at, you know, anything they're talking about, you're like, oh, there's got to be so many fans of this. But it's like, no, it's just that the people who dig those characters are super into those characters. I, partly because I guess it feels like they're never going to get anything cool <laughs> outside of the game. <laughs> well, when I first started playing, looking through the characters, I got the Junkrat and I'm like, this guy sucks. Look at this guy. Mm. I can't stand the look of this guy. <laughs> but then after a while, it was like, it, it's just the one that I feel like I understand the most. And I feel that I'm using in a competent way. Um, that yeah. and, and um, Reinhardt's a close, is close to that. Yeah, Re- Reinhardt and Orisa are two of my favorite. Um, like just, Orisa? you know, yeah, Orisa. Or- or- <laughs> <laughs> they're two, two of my favorite like kind of non-assault characters uh-huh. uh like ones i don't use i mean i play Reinhardt pretty aggressively but like you know if i want to be more supportive of the team uh i like those two a lot and like maybe maybe Reinhardt will get a figure because he's you know one of the the more popular leads but 
Like no one's gonna ever make a cool Arisa figure for me. No one. Like <laughs> I suspect if Figma does a third, it will be a female character. It's probably gonna be Mercy. Probably. Because they're already doing a Nendoroid for Mercy. So it, I think I think it's like Mercy would be next, then McCree. Um then Hanzo. Like everyone I like to play is so far down the list. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'm all right with Hanzo. I've had some good Hanzo moments. I can't use him. Like he, he's like, and it's, he, he's not a lack of um, of hit impact. He's just like I just suck at using his bow. Like I'm better with his bow than I am with any snipers with guns. Mm-hmm. And I think it's be, I think it's the mechanic of holding the trigger down to pull the arrow back and then letting go to shoot. Yeah. Um. I. F- my aim is just so much better. Like my hit ratio is just so much better with Hanzo over any of the gun snipers. Oh, and you know, I think you know who, it, I think it's that let go to shoot is what it is. I just, that also just reminded me, uh, Widowmaker is going to get a Figma before Hanzo oh, yeah. ever will. Like she's, she's probably, she might even get one before if they hadn't made Nendo mercy already, I'd say Widowmaker was next. Um, yeah, I, I want to understand, like, Hanzo, I really want to understand, because also, like, the, the the kind of the game science of how to use his ultimate is so fascinating to me. Uh, I wish I understood it better. Um, But yeah, man, Overwatch, it's, it's always a fun game. I, I go away from it for a couple weeks to a couple months now, every now and then I come back and it's like, just slip right back in and do quick play for like an hour or three. Yeah, I haven't played since the uh, winter event ended. Yeah, I, I haven't played for a while since. Like, I haven't played since before the winter event. All I heard lately was like that. I got some folks to explain it to me, but like they uh, they have been really janking around Mercy, and it seems like it's somewhat based on like the habits of popular streamers and like what makes for good replay footage. Um, but yeah, Mercy's in a weird spot. Yeah, they keep fiddling with her. Then the other story I heard coming out of Overwatch was the uh, the cost of the team skins. I caught bits of that, but like they were they didn't really interest me that much. So I, I guess I just kind of let it slide over yeah. me. Well, a dude at work that plays is like, "Oh man, did you see how much the team skins are?" I'm like, "No, what?" And he goes, "Is you can only get them uh, through microtransaction. They're five dollars each." I'm like, "Oh." Uh, you don't get them out of loot boxes? He's like, no, you got to pay $5 for them. I'm like, for a whole team? And he goes, no, just for one. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm not getting those. Forget yeah. that. <laughs> like, I already got away from even wanting to pursue, like, full costume sets through loot boxes. So, like, uh, I... Yeah, I hadn't... Uh, every time, like, the last three or four events... um. I get like right down to the last day and end up spending money on loot boxes, but pulling off getting them all. And mm. every time I think, you know, maybe this is a time where I just let it, let it go. Because <laughs> eventually I'm going to have to let it go. Yeah. But, uh-oh. I mean, if you ever, if, block. If, <laughs> oh, you, if you uh, if you ever need the uh, the impetus, like now you can tell yourself, like, well, you know, I don't have the team skins. Yeah. 
But uh, you know, they I just I don't maybe I don't remember what they looked like. I just remember seeing like one screenshot of them and thinking like these don't seem like five dollar special at all. Yeah, it's just the basic skins with specific colors. Now, yeah. my understanding is a portion of that money goes to the teams. So I guess if you're um, a fan of the team, which yeah. I, I'm, I don't, I'm not into it enough to be a fan of no. a team. So I'm. <laughs> I mean, I, already, I guess I would be a fan of the San Francisco team, just because that's the closest geographically located team. But yeah. Um, because <laughs> I, I already don't like the idea of spending money to show fandom for sports teams because that's where I am with most of them is like, well, I guess I'm supposed to be into the Toronto teams because I'm living here now or when I was in BC. Like, I guess I'm supposed to be into the BC teams. But then, like, I remember in, in grade school, I was like, so do we all cheer for the Canucks? And then everyone's like, no, they suck. And I was like, well, then, like, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, like, I really don't care about baseball. But I was given baseball tickets, and we went to a baseball game. And I realized, oh, man, I'm going to be sitting in the sun, and I don't have a hat. So I bought a hat there. That's the only sports anything that I own. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I admit, like, it's a part of culture that, like, is super... It's so parallel, to, kind of, to what we're all into with robots, in this, that you're a super fan of a thing, and you spend money on it. But, like the the loyalty aspect of it just like i wish i understood it better like i i i can i can kind of empathize with it now the more i've talked to people it took so much though for me to kind of like understand and then like you know the 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 darker side of it when you see like oh, i'm i'm mad with my team mad with my league i am going to burn all my possessions with their logo on it <laughs> i'm just like that's man that <laughs> i am having a lot of trouble understanding that one because like in in toy fandom if you're really mad with a toy company you sell all the toys to someone who still wants them and then you have a bunch of money <laughs> like <laughs> well like that's at, how that, it works. at that restaurant we were at today um the second championship game was going at the time the um Philadelphia Eagles versus the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. And they had TVs going at this place. Um, and they had the game on. And the Vikings get a touchdown, like, right in the opening minutes. And this one guy sitting at a little, like, a um, cocktail height table by himself um, is like, yeah, yeah, and, like, pumping his fist. And it's like, oh, whoa, I guess he knows somebody from Minnesota or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why he's so hype. We're nowhere near there. And then <laughs> some other people had come in and then, um, the, the Eagles make it a, a big interception. And this woman just starts screeching like, yeah, yeah, go. <laughs> and so I look up to, to see where the screaming's coming from. And so this guy that was like all hype for the Vikings is in between where I'm sitting and where this woman is. So mm -hmm. I see him reacting to her screaming too. And he's sort of looking over his shoulder at her and then turns away. And then I could read his lips as he mutters a curse to himself. <laughs> <laughs> like something along the lines of F word, D word. <laughs> and then I was like, I was like, there might be a fight. <laughs> depending on how the rest of this game goes there might be a brawl in here i thought i was safe in this state y'all <laughs> <laughs> aren't supposed to be here if you care that much 
Y'all should be living where it's colder. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I saw the news story today where it's like the, the police of whatever city are preemptively applying Crisco. Yeah. Yeah. We're preemptively buttering all the light poles with Crisco. That's uh, just like, <laughs> I, man, like that was one of those moments where I was like, I am not, I, I really do not like to be one of those like, ah, oh, sports ball people. Cause I'm like, the end of the day, they're just friggin' nerds for something the way that I am. But like, also, police have to grease the light poles i'm just like imagine showing this to someone who doesn't know what the sport is and is like just arrived in this country or something and they see the friggin' police greasing the light poles with, with with baking grease and and then they say hey why are they doing that and you have to explain it like and they're like uh, oh back home they just knock the people off the light poles with pepper spray and let them fall <laughs> I mean, also, the other thing that crossed my mind is I'm like, so tomorrow am I going to see, like, a bunch of videos on social media of, like, shirtless, crazy fo- sports fans, like, just rubbing against these greased light poles trying to climb them? Like, for just climbing in place? Probably, because <laughs> the Eagles won, like, by oh. a lot. They creamed the, the Vikings, like, crushed their bones. So I want to see the friggin' I'm sure yeah, they're like, going bananas. Just people like friggin' just trying to climb faster than the grease slides them down. <laughs> or they're making poles. little pyramids of people to push push somebody up past the grease. Like how the grease is only was, so high. I think I think it's the Buffalo Bills. Like all their fans, everything of like we throw ourselves through tables. Yeah, and yeah I was no, like, the I wanna... Buffalo Bills tailgate parties are like self self-harm nightmares <laughs> i was just, i was just like all right all right so your tradition is to is to is to friggin like you know body yourself through a table or have a friend body you through a table i'm like that had to come from somewhere and i'm sure no one sat there just going like how can we show our love for our team i'm gonna wreck myself through this table so i want to know like what happened and how they became a thing like it's a thing enough where someone on a friggin like one of those sports ch- channel programs did it as like a gag, and I'm just like, how did that become a thing? I could just Google it, but I, I didn't care enough to. <laughs> um. Anyway, y'all are great. Show your passions. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I remember just a few years ago, Vancouver destroying half their city over. Yeah, and that really over a that, sports no, that game. Was, that, so that was pre 2013 because I was in I was in Victoria at the time on the island across the friggin' peninsula or whatever, and uh, that that sure I got so mad watching the news that night. Uh, I was just like, this this isn't friggin' like no no one from Vancouver wants to do this either. Like <laughs> I've never met a Vancouver person who's all like, I'm so hyped to wreck my city because they're usually like, my city's in a permanent half state of wreck because of the friggin' Olympics. You know, at the time. Uh, I remember that around the time of the Olympics, I referred to it as the Mighty Coover, and you corrected me and said, it's the Dirty Coover. <laughs> oh, man, I don't even remember that, but I know that that's a thing I'd say. <laughs> the Olympics made me such a friggin', like, I got, I had, I, to this day, I don't even understand why now, I have such a friggin' chip on my shoulder about Vancouver post-Olympics and during Olympics. Well, wasn't it uh, like they chased all the undesirables off onto the island where you were? Yeah, it was. It wasn't even just like you know the ones that, that me and a lot of people are real sure that they just put on a ferry without a return ticket, <laughs> but like the way, also just the basic fact that the way Vancouver thought it would deal with its undesirables was like, all right, let's run them out of town after they've been given a friggin' <laughs> Olympic budget. 
when tons of people at the time were like, hey, so you know with that money, you could friggin... There are all these programs people have been talking about for literal years that you could be getting into. They're like, yeah, but we also could build an underground mall under the mall in the middle of downtown. Yeah. It's like, this oh, you, is you sure could. It's faster yeah, to you, send them away. You sure could do that. Friggin sweep them out the past city border. And also, Vancouver's now like the most expensive city in Canada to live in, partly on the back of all this. And it's like, hey, you know... <laughs> Have fun. Have fun, Vancouver. Uh, people in Vancouver, though. Oh, lovely people. Anyone anyone listening who's from Vancouver, you're great. You're my favorite. Uh, my hatred of Vancouver is at the city, not at the people who live there. Um, How cosmopolitan of you. That's right. <laughs> uh, Seth, have you got any other off-topics? I, I don't remember. We were talking about Tracer. Yes. Wow. We were talking about Tracer and we got here. Video I games. The steps. Video games to sports. <laughs> Via esports. All right. Okay. Video games to esports yes. to yes. jock sports. Uh, jock or not? Any other off-topic stuff you got to talk about? <laughs> that's, that's a terrible game show. Well, welcome, I don't want to watch jock or not. I don't want to watch jock or not. Our first contestant, Seth. <laughs> not, <laughs> I don't want to be a contestant here. <laughs> nope, you are. <laughs> Not <laughs> someone rings in instantly. I'm not. Even, I haven't even fully come out. And hey, Theo from out, Oklahoma. Hit, oh, he not you walk a jock. Out, you just lean over to hit the buzzer and you just leave without even getting behind the podium. Well, I'm. I'm. I interpreted it as I'm not a contestant. I'm the person that the contestants have to guess is a jock or not. Oh. <laughs> No, I mean, the rules, I think we don't even have to clear up what the rules are. You know, it's, there's a buzzer and a podium, but, like, that's enough. Seth is just like, nope, burp, not. Jock <laughs> uh, or not? Did you get anything else off topic this week? <laughs> uh, more D&D-related stuff. Oh, I saw um, at the mm. gaming store over here a bunch of those cubes, and I thought of you. Cubes? Like, those those cubes of figures. Oh, the blind box. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. Yeah, I got some more of those. Um, Rage of the Demons, I think, was the, the last. Oh, of course, the friggin' demons are raging again. I got. Um, then I saw a really fun unboxing video of um, of a dragon based one, but uh, those Ooh. are old enough to be either sold out everywhere or jacked up prices to the point of like, yeah, it ain't worth it. Um, Do I need a dragon this much? Well, the the Rage of Demons said I got two dragons out of, Ooh. Um, but they were, they're both metallic dragons, which are good. Uh, there was a gold dragon and a, a a young copper dragon. Oh, you want like a mean dragon? Yeah, I gotta get them base color dragons: red, black, get them mean green, dragons, blue, white, the grumpy dragons. Yeah, ones that will burn your village down. Oh jeez, that's just the red ones because they all have different breath weapon effects. I remember that. Yeah, or at least they did before. I haven't read their entry in the current monster manual. Maybe they all breathe fire now. For all I know. Nah, as a kid, I thought that that was the coolest idea. That yeah. like you have dragons that are not only good but ones that even breathe other stuff. Yeah, blue dragons br breathe lightning. I'll, okay, I distinctly remember as a kid when I heard the phrase "breathe lightning," I got really confused. <laughs> So I was like, hang on. Because <laughs> to my kid mind, like breathing out something that isn't air or like mist, like didn't make sense. Uh, 
Yeah, with yeah. the yeah, so the white if I so I'm gonna try to go off memory here. White white dragons breed the ice. Uh red fire, blue lightning, and then I always got confused. I always mixed up the green and the black. Like one is acid and the other is poison. I think black was poison. I don't know. I think I that has given me a vague memory. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah. Then I got some more unpainted miniatures, which I haven't started painting yet. And, uh, oh, I got one book. I got Volo's Guide to Monsters because that has, uh, like, ex- expanded uh, descriptions and some alternate versions of uh, some of the big time monsters and uh, rules for using. Um, some monster types as player characters. Oh, cool. And for this thing I'm planning, I wanted a uh, lizard folk to be an option. Um, uh, they always should be anyway. Like if Skyrim's taught, taught us anything. Yeah. Well, because in the base fifth edition rules, you have dragonborn, but I was like reading the dragonborn. I'm like, eh, it's just, I don't I just want regular ass lizard men. Also, Dragonborn is just kind of like this is a way, way to have a fancy name. Friggin'. Yeah, way to rip off Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, way to rip off Skyrim. I don't Skyrim, know what came Gary out Gygax. first. But I don't know what happened. Well, Gary Gygax got nothing to do with 5th edition. <laughs> no. Gary Gygax hasn't had anything to do with it since 2nd edition. Um, he got fired. Um, and he went and invented Skyrim. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened first. I don't know if Skyrim or 5th edition happened first. I know they've both been around for several years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Like, but like Dragonborn, they, they, they're like immune to fire. And I think they have a breath weapon attack. And it's just, eh, uh, <laughs> uh Yeah, and then um, there was something. Oh, I got some packs of the uh, spell cards. So these are seem like they're going to be really useful. Um, Wizards of the Coast licensed out to this other company whose name I don't remember um, so that they could print these cards with all the spells on them. And then they're mm-hmm. sold in packs based on character class. So like there's the arcane pack, the cleric, bard, um, druid, just paladin ranger like pretty much every, every every class that has magic spells there's a pack of these cards um so every card is has a spell on it and it lets you know the spell level and components and effects and all that good stuff and if there's more rules to it than fits on the card then it tells you what page of the player's handbook to go look um look up the rest so like that's handy because like how magic works in D D is you have x number of spell slots for whichever uh spell levels are available to you so let's say you have three level one and two level two spells um you could just pull out those cards and have them on hand and then when you use that spell it is like they reset after your character has a long rest yeah like Um, the the dailies or whatever yeah so yeah but instead of saying daily they just say after a long rest now Ah. um 
Um, so yeah, like you just lay out the cards for the spells you have memorized and when you use it, you can just like flip it over and then, you know, okay, this one's not available anymore. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's going to be way, way helpful. I, uh, I had something I was going to tell you about in regards to unpainted miniatures, and I wasn't sure if it was the same thing you were talking about, because I learned about this from Ray Random Factor with the underscore and the at sign. Uh, they WizKids released a thing in late 2016. I don't know if they're still around, uh, this thing, but it was like they were releasing unpainted, or not unpainted, but they were releasing models that were basically unpainted, but they came with a layer of Vallejo primer already applied to them. Yeah. Yeah, that's so those their, are the ones uh, you've been. It's like some things marvelous miniatures is the 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 product line. Okay. Um. Yeah, I got some of those. Um, All right, because I, I remember when he when he said it was Vallejo primed, I was like, "Hey, that seems pretty neat." Yeah. No, the orcs and skeletons I've already painted were like that. The goblins I'm going to paint next are like that. And then I also got a pack of uh, female druids that are from that cool. set. And but then the ones I got just recently are um, uh, bones uh, miniatures, which is different product line, and they're done in a different plastic, and they're not primed. And on the back it says, "Hey, you don't need to prime these, and don't use spray primers." Blech. And and then I went looking up a video, and the first thing that the dude's doing in the video spray priming them <laughs> and i'm like yeah i don't know why they say don't spray prime them but i don't know I, but it's a man, very different weird. plastic than like both of these use a very different plastic than i'm what i what i was always used to with uh um game workshop plastic miniatures it's a lot yeah. softer and flexible and i don't know if game workshop uses a similar plastic now um because i haven't mess with any of their stuff for like 10 years but I'm, uh the the plastic i was used to from game workshop was very rigid and did not flex whatsoever oh yeah games workshop has changed materials a whole bunch uh in the last couple of years i don't i don't know the specifics necessarily but i'm i'm trying to think of a miniatures plastic that would react badly to a spray and i'm I'm having trouble th- like i can think of ones where it's like it, it might drink in a lot of spray and like make you waste paint but I can't imagine why that would be a like having a warning on the box. Unless it's like they sprayed something on them to pre-prime them and they don't want you to spray over that, but like no, these aren't primed at all. Yeah. Um Yeah, then I've been like looking into like other games. Like there's there's a bunch of games that come with plastic miniatures that are the right size that are like discontinued and you could find real cheap now. So like there's there's whole YouTube videos like hey cheap miniature options hey. hey check out this game like this uh Magic the Gathering board game you get all these cool cultist figures all and, right uh, you, you can find that for like ten bucks on ToysRUs dot com <laughs> <laughs> I'm down with the cult yeah I can think of some needs for a, a cult because mm-hmm. i think I, we hinted about this before but the the ultimate goal here is to do a a, a dungeons and dragons podcast 
where you'll listen to us play sort of a thing and um, it, yeah and not not like wtf at tfw the dungeons and dragons podcast no. but like the seth the seth production yes and i don't want to start naming people who may be on it because we're not close enough to actually doing it yet um there are probable people um we're just waiting for things to shake out with some if they'll actually be able to do it or not um but there may be other wtf people on there um you know we'll just have to wait and see and then ones who aren't may come on as a special guest once in a while who knows Um, who knows we'll have to wait and see um so yeah and so even if there's delays where i got to try to find other people um with schedules that could work out that just gives me more time to learn stuff i'm going to need to know like like i'm trying to figure out this roll 20 website um which which gives you a virtual desktop or virtual tabletop where you could make make the maps and place place uh tokens to represent the players and the monsters and move them around and stuff um mm-hmm. i'm not getting that map making process as quickly as i would have assumed um it also has virtual dice rolling on it so if if you don't trust people to be rolling dice off camera <laughs> where you can't see um you could click a button and get a dice roll there um that can't be filled uh, was- with I was just listening to from uh, I think a couple weeks ago the Giant Beast cast did a like role playing game again, uh-huh. and they had uh, some system that Austin was using to GM the thing where like people could roll the dice and have the character sheets in front of them and the dice rolls would get piped over to where he is. And I don't know if that's similar it, to it or the same thing you were talking about. Yeah, because you it might, could, yeah, might have been. You could upload character sheets to that and. Yeah, and it like I've been watching some tutorial videos, and it looks like you could really, when you really learn how its system works, like you could automate tons of stuff. You could have fog of war set so you bring up the whole map, but the players can't see the whole map until they till they walk across it. Oh, um, they played it with roll twenty. I just double checked. Okay, there you go. Yeah, and there's it, it there's systems really for a lot of different games in there, like multiple versions of D and D, Pathfinder, and a few others that I'm not very familiar with. Yeah, it, it sounded as just listening to the podcast. It sounded like the only thing with Roll Twenty you really got to like get ready for is that there's a lot of buttons to click, even on just the player side. Yeah, and so you just got to get used to where everything is. Yeah, one thing I'm worried about is uh trying to keep it as basic as possible to keep things moving because yeah. like, i don't want to get into combat situations and then have there be like lots of chunks of quiet as people are just clicking on their their figure or their their token to move and and then oh okay well i gotta unveil this part of the map like like i don't want to be stopping the flow to keep things yeah. moving so if we just kept it all theater of the mind and not worried about it then everything would would bop along faster but there's some you lose detail that way yeah. that, that some of the potential players like my girlfriend's definitely playing she's the only one that's 100 percent locked in and she's a little nervous about not having that visual reference because she has no D experience 
Yeah. And I think one of the fun things is like right now, if everyone who might be on it ends up being on it, we'll have two people who haven't played in many years, but myself included as one of those mm. two. One that's currently playing fifth edition right now. Uh, so they'll they'll kind of have a better grip on the rules. And then three people who have never played Dungeons and Dragons before. And I kind of like the idea of having less experienced people playing um, in that they won't come be coming in like kind of knowing everything like a veteran player would. So like yeah. if I pull out a monster that has like a specific weakness, everyone's not going to be like, oh, okay, I know these things. These things are weird. Um, they're immune to metal weapons, so we can only hit it with wood. So uh, I'm going to start breaking the tips of my arrows off, and and you uh, you got a quarter staff, <laughs> right? Okay, you you rush it with the quarter staff, and blah, and it's like uh, it's like well, now it's no fun. The whole point of this monster is is uh, having to deal with what it's immune to, and if everyone just knows not to even bother, then uh, what's the point? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, from my brief experiences having done, like, two stream role-playing games, I found that, like, we never really had much silence in that when the game wasn't happening from the DM, like, we were kind of just filling time with, like, in-character chatter. And, uh -huh. not, and not, like, not like straight up, like, we were inhabiting the characters, but it was just, like, it just starts off where someone's like, hey, I think my guy looks, looks over here and goes, like, yo, does anyone know what, the, what this funny-looking thing is? And kind of just rolling with it, like I, I find like just encouraging like half half character chatter like really helped a lot, or at least not not getting on someone's case, i.e., mine when we're playing like an Arthurian legend game. And I'm like, well, I'm I can't quite put this all into Arthurian talk, so I'm just gonna have my guy say, "Hey, yo, what about the village over there?" Uh, and then just kind of having fun with that. Yeah. Um. And I think it'll go great. Yeah, my girlfriend's like. She goes, so can I just talk normally when we're doing this, or do I have to do a voice? I'm like, well, when your character's speaking, I would like you to speak as though you were the character, but you're, you could just use your voice. You don't have to yeah. like, be like, oh, good morrow to you, sir. Perhaps it's, it's meet in, with... Bada, bada, bada. <laughs> it's in fact, to me at least, it's been proven, it's quite funny if you just mix a bit of modern in with, you know, a clearly non-modern setting, because, uh -huh. A, it's a lot easier, but also half the time it means it's really funny to listen to. <laughs> yeah. Especially if the DM is very good at being, or you have, or if you have someone on your party who's very good at being in character in that era, it's like, if everyone's cool with it, it's kind of fun bouncing all that stuff off each other. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, so if you walk into a shop, like I'll probably do an inflection to just help denote the difference between me speaking as like the DM and me speaking as an NPC. So like you might walk into a shop and I'd be like, ah, customers, what can I get you? What can I sell you? What you buying? Yeah. And then I would prefer you to then reply with, oh, I need rope and a backpack and not, oh, my character asked for a rope and a backpack. No, just yeah, say yeah. I want. This is what I'm doing. This is my this is my question, not my character says. And then you give me a synopsis. Yeah, there's 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 like the reciprocation's big, and and I've also found like 
you know, you get chuckle if the DM puts on a real funny voice for something, but I'm always like, in, in again, my very few experiences, like, just roll with the DM having to perform usually, like, in upwards of eight to ten characters. You know, roll with the realistics of that for most people, and then... I don't know. Yeah, that's fine. If everyone goes in just going like, let's have, let's have a good time and trust the DM to handle most of the rule stuff, then like, it's it seems to go pretty well. Yeah, and I'll I'll probably put some disclaimer at the beginning, like, hey, most of us are not super <laughs> familiar with the rules, and if there is a rule that has been missed, or maybe it's one that I just decided not to use, I'm the DM. That's my choice. Deal with it, sort of thing. House house rules. Yeah, house rules. Yeah, because like. <laughs> There, there's a couple races like dragonborn i'm i'm not into it like i'm, I'm not into there being dragonborn um half works um i'm creating like a, a semi-original setting and i'm changing how orcs happen like what like kind of the nature of what orcs are so and how they reproduce has nothing to do with like male female biology um, they're completely asexual. They're agendered. They're just like these big hulky monsters. Um, so there's no way that they could crossbreed with any other race because they don't even breed with each other. They just sort of grow these egg sacs that drop off of them and they don't even pay attention to. Like they just drop off and that's where they lay. <laughs> I want a character. My character's made entirely out of orc egg sacs. <laughs> He is a mound of orc egg sacs where all the brains of the stillborn orc babies merged into a brain. Yeah. And then like in fifth edition, like I, I don't know if they had already done this in earlier editions, but like all the old um, race class restrictions are gone. So like any race could be any class. And I just think some combinations don't make as much sense. Um, But then I also like that it seems easier to mix and match some things. So like if somebody wants to be the archetypical thief character with like the lock picking and trap disarming and all that, it doesn't feel as much like, Oh man, you better be a halfling. Like you can, yeah. you could work around it more. Oh, the, and if the, nobody the one... wants to be that, there's options where you can get like those kinds of proficiencies onto a non-rogue character and someone like a, a fighter or a wizard, there's ways for them to also know how to pick locks and yeah. fill that gap if nobody wants to be the lock picker. I mean, it was it was an addition or two ago. But like the one time I played D&D, &D, I had a lot of fun in part because I got to be like a halfling paladin uh, who, whose daily was basically like a giant sky laser. Um, it was a really fun time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like with so I've I've been writing up details about the world. Um, and like I have four types of elf and like I kind of wrote notes attached to them as far as classes go like. Like these elves are more likely to have clerics than druids and these, but they, these elves will never have clerics. They'll only have druids. And then these have both, but druids are more common than clerics. And then these are more like, and then these will never have paladins, but they can have barbarians and these will mm -hmm. never have barbarians. Uh, but these are 
more likely to be wizards than these and like stuff like that and like i didn't lock off into like tight rows but there's a couple things where it's like yeah they, they wouldn't do this and then they they could do it but they'd be more likely to do this but if you want to be that then that's fine and then originally i i was gonna outlaw tieflings also like these half demon uh playable race yeah um but then like i kind of thought about it more and like looking at the warlock class i'm like you know if somebody wanted to be a tiefling warlock that would make sense like those things kind of go together but that person's gonna have to understand that that everyone's gonna have like they're gonna be at least uneasy around them because you might be the only currently living tiefling like maybe there's a couple more out in the world, but you don't know them. You haven't encountered yeah. them. They're probably hiding somewhere because it, it's a hard life out here for a tiefling. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna first. I was gonna say that's the t-shirt I wear uh, <laughs> on the weekends. How'd you know? Uh, second thing is I was gonna say we probably should that that should probably be it for our you know our yeah. preview. Of <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to see what you do with that thing. I, yeah. I I've I've grown to really like the podcast style, or at least the the semi amateur style role play at being a complete amateur. I've really come to enjoy and respect like the semi amateur style like role play podcast thing. Like it's just it's so fun. Uh, it it really smashed a lot of my preconceptions about like you know how important it is to know the rules and stuff. Uh, it helps that like I the DMs I have dealt with have been like really friggin' amazing. Like Big Mike at D twenty Live is incredible at dealing with my garbage. <laughs> uh but yeah uh should be really cool uh, yeah. any, anything um, else uh, well the the only other thing i'd say about it is um at best we're two three four weeks out from starting to record and then when we do start to record my plan is to like do like a three to four hour recording session that will be three to four one hour episodes mm. um so like in one sitting we'll 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 record like upwards of a month's worth of weekly episodes and then do that twice so even after we start recording it might be a month or two before anything starts coming out so this is like something down the road for the listeners but something that i'm actively working on right now um yeah so looking forward to it cool and uh, is that all for your off-topic stuff as well? Yeah, I think so. All right, because I got I got one last thing here to talk about that I got from that big Think Geek sale. Um, I won't link to their product page because it's gone now. <gasps> but and I also mention Think Geek. What a vendor site! Uh, a lot <laughs> of people I know uh, got got enticed by that sale because Paternia John said, "Hey, they got the three A Ultron." Uh, the 3A Ultron for 45 bucks. And I clicked on it to take a look, and it's, it, you know, there's a thing where it says to pick what type you want, and the only type available was the classic one. I was like, oh, I got that already. 45 bucks. Oh, but nah, whatever. Um, everyone I know who ordered it got told, hey, we actually uh, we ran out while your order was processing. We ran out of stock. You know, like three days later, they'd say that, uh, which already made me go, like, don't you have automated stock on your website? <laughs> uh, apparently they don't. But then also, Ultron went back up. 
to being in stock again, but for $95. And instead of being the classic version, now they're like, your only option is the shadow version. And I'm like, you know, I would have bought the shadow version for 45 bucks, but not for 90 something. Anyway, thinky, like what a friggin' calamitous mess of a website that is. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I still got, I, I bought something off the sale and it actually showed up. So hooray. Um, cause this thing was on sale for like 140, I think. Uh, and it's usually, uh, closer to 360, 400 bucks. And it's a three zero thing from a, a line. It's the third entry in the line. The first two, I remember seeing in a display case at New York comic con a few years ago. And I really like the look of this. This is by one of the Gundam designers. I forgot the name now off the top of my head. Um, but uh, a Gundam designer uh, was working on this full metal ghost line, and I got Shadow Blade, which is like the ninja entry. Uh, it's a 112 scale line where you get a 112 scale, you know, dude, and then you get a scaled robot for him to get into. Like, they, they made these basically <clears throat> either at the same time or around about the same time as they were doing the three zero Titanfall stuff. So it's kind of like similar as far as delivery. And uh, the the other interesting things, like it's a, it's a robot with a cockpit. You can put the 112 figure in. The 112 figure has a full costume and accessories. And then the robot has uh, cloth, like soft goods you can put on on top of the robot to make them look more like, you know, they're it's all very feudal Japan style. And this one, Shadow Blade, is a ninja themed thing. So he's got like a ninja hood and a ninja vest. And you get these uh, strips of cloth he can wrap around his forearms and his legs like bandaging. Um, it's a really cool figure. Uh, the, the biggest thing that lets it down really is that the hip articulate, there's no waist articulation because the whole torso block is hollow with a cockpit and the hip articulation bumps into the torso a whole lot. So it's, it's actually kind of hard to get the legs to do anything that isn't as far, like the way that in all these photos, the legs are kind of wide. Uh, it's very difficult to get the legs to come together any further. So he's always kind of wide legged. Um, He's got some lights. He takes like 12 AG1 batteries for all his different lights. Uh, the lights have actual like, you know, clicky switches, which is nice. The only bummer is the clicky switch for the chest light is inside the cockpit. So you have to open the chest up to get at it. And if you've, if you've put all the cloth stuff on him, you have to remove a, a bunch of it to get the cockpit back open. <laughs> so it's kind of annoying to do that. Um, but like his, his swords have got like a little flip out tab to, to tab into his palm. So this is like coming from the more... Uh, toyetic era of 303A. <clears throat> it's it's a really cool figure. Um, I, I got to mess with it some more. Uh, it's, he's got like these kunai things that have all kinds of different interchangeable spots. He's got these two armor plates that you can stick onto his hips or onto his forearms. Uh, there's also like gauntlets with claws that are in the photos. They actually only came with him if you ordered him from 30.com. And it's not terribly clear that that's the case on any vendor site I've looked at. <laughs> I found that out through Facebook uh, while I was reading up on the figure. But um, definitely for under 200 bucks, he's super worth it. Uh, I don't know what I would say about picking him up for higher, because I think that the figure feels less solidly playable than the more recent giant 3A robots. Uh, like, their Transformers stuff all feels way more solid than this. But this thing is dripping with style. Uh, and the cloth goods stuff, like, you have to tie the belt around his waist, and you have to wrap the, the bandages on. It was, like, 10 seconds to wrap a bandage on a limb. <clears throat> and it stuck just with tension. So it wasn't actually very hard. Um, and I was worried the cloth goods would be a bummer to get on and off, but they're super easy to do. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of digging it. I don't know what I'll do with it yet. Um, oh, 
Oh, and the 112 scale figure. He's like on basically the 112 3A body. Uh, unfortunately, his costume, anything on him that is black is actually costume. So he's in like a one sleeved jumpsuit and that does restrict his articulation somewhat. And it's a bit of a shame because he's a ninja and I was hoping he'd be all like crazy backflip posy, but he's, you know, basically as posable as a 3A figure in full gear. Um, it's not bad. He can still sit in the cockpit, but uh, I was hoping for more there. Uh, Seth, did you ever take a look at this this the Full Metal Ghost stuff? No, I uh, was not aware of these until just now. Yeah, they uh, they kind of came and went. Like the the first two are kind of impossible to find now. Yeah, this one's cool. I like the whole kind of vibe the the ninja thing. Going yeah, on. it's, it's the, the, fr- cool the, cool style. The first two were more like a pair of like shogun lords. Uh, so like they're more like warlords with that kind of like helmet style and yeah. way more ornate uh, soft goods stuff. Um, this guy just has a big ass sword. <laughs> That's about it. And a hood. I like the idea of a robot wearing a hood as well. Like there's something silly about that that I like. Um, but yeah, I successfully got something from the Think Geek sale. Go me. Um, all my friends did not, or at least no one got all. I don't know a single person who actually got Ultron that ordered Ultron. Um, somebody has decided to send an angry letter to think geek saying, Hey, why don't you sell me that one you put up, but at 45 bucks, uh, since you just told me I couldn't get one at 45 bucks and he's going to see what they say. (laughs) (laughs) No one, he is not expecting it to go well. No one is, but he basically went like, you know, I'm just really salty about this. Uh, (laughs) and I'm just going to do this. And everyone was like, no, no, go for it. Like, yeah, I saw everyone tweeting about that and I was like, wow, that's a crazy deal. I don't want it. Yeah, the, the Ultron, super worth it for that money. It's just like, how do you put that up, not fulfill what appears to be a single order, and then put the figure back up uh, for all intents and purposes? Unless, like, it was hard to notice that it was the shadow version uh, that went back up. So technically a different figure, but, like, it just reeks of... I, I was reminded, like, all right, Think Geek are the guys who found more stock of the Nest Classic when it was super rare. And we're like, yeah, you can buy one from us if you also buy this giant thing you don't want. Like, they bundled all their NES Classics with, like, garbage. So it's like, you can buy a NES Classic if you also buy a Master Sword. Yeah. Stuff we're trying to get rid of. Basically, yeah. And I, So this, that just reminded me. I was like, all right, Think Geek, those guys. Um, anyway, that's my off-topic what I got this week. So, uh, Seth, I think that brings us to the end of this show. Thank you for joining me. Um, hope that your painting and your, uh, your game's mastering goes well. Yeah, and uh, to all the keep rest moving of moving forward on it. Yeah, truck along. Now you've set it on a podcast, and people are gonna you got you've created motivation in people asking you, "Hey, how's it going?" <laughs> um, and to all of you who are listening, thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you again later uh, with some more Transformer stuff. Uh, in the meantime, uh, take care of yourselves and uh, stay safe out there.